In the holy name of Jesus, amen. Many of us might have a fear of publicly speaking. If we don't now, there probably was a time when we did. That first speech class that we gave, or that we had in high school, created many a headache, many a stomachache, probably from that first speech, from the anxiety of not knowing how people would respond and how we would exactly speak. What if they don't get what I'm saying? What if the microphone doesn't work? What if they disagree? What if they laugh? And what if they don't laugh? It's akin to Rodney Dangerfield's proverbial saying, is this thing on, is this thing on, all the while tapping the microphone. He would say a joke, no one would respond, and then he would begin to think, was anybody in the room? Was anyone hearing what he had to say? Well, the same is with prayer. Is God really listening? If he's listening, does he care? Is he just? Is he unjust? All these questions leave us exposed. In fact, prayer leave us utterly exposed. Because in prayer, we open ourselves up, demonstrating our need, our helplessness, and finally it demonstrates our faith. And to this point, our Lord gives us this parable in the Gospel reading. He gives us a parable so that we might not lose heart, that we might pray always. So praying without losing heart is the focus of this parable. But I wonder if many of us, by the end of the parable, are thinking about the power of prayer. Does prayer change our life? Does it affect the world? Does it affect our situation? The thing is, though, that is not what Jesus is speaking to here. He's telling us this parable so that we do not lose heart. That we don't fall into temptation and stop praying. Now the widow in the parable is powerless. In fact, she's described as one who really only has need. Receiving no justice against her adversary. So she cries out over and over to the unjust judge for justice. Constantly coming, bothering. In fact, she's wondering if there's anyone listening. So in a Rodney Dangerfield sort of way, she's tapping the microphone, wondering if this thing is on. Even when it looks like there's really no one there. Now, perhaps at this point, we think about the parable, maybe it's just about persistence only, that You know, if we think of the world as basically a pretty good place, we try real hard, do the right things, in the end, everything is going to work out. If you don't succeed, try, try again. But our Lord doesn't say that to us. He doesn't say, keep at it, be persistent, things are going to work out in the end. But he just says, pray always, do not lose heart. You see, for our Lord, the purpose is not losing heart. The purpose, the point is the actual praying continually. 
That is the end. That is the purpose. I had a friend in college, we'll call him Stan. He was a very faithful Christian. But Stan's mom was sick. She was sick with cancer. And how Stan prayed for her healing. He prayed every morning, every evening. He prayed and he prayed. But in the end, his mother still died. He was so persistent. But things just didn't work out. You see, Stan tapped the microphone, wondering if it was on. But in his mind, he never got a response. What Stan was told was that if you bother God enough, things are going to work out. You see, with that frame of mind, Stan lost heart. Because he did pray hard. And things didn't work out. So when Stan lost heart, he stopped praying. You see, this parable helps us reframe our perspective on prayer, on the purpose of prayer. Because prayer is not about rewards. In fact, through the Gospel of Luke, prayer has nothing to do with rewards. Nothing besides the Holy Spirit and God being God. Two Lucan passages demonstrate that. First, Luke chapter 11. Jesus gives us a prayer and then he says this. If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? We who are sinners know how to give good gifts to one another. So of course the Holy Spirit the Heavenly Father, is going to give us the best gifts. But that's perhaps when we begin to think about big cars, healthy lives. But our Lord in this statement makes it abundantly clear what is the best gift. It's the Holy Spirit. For Jesus, the best gift is the Holy Spirit. That helps us speak. Now, the second passage about God being God is from Luke chapter 22 in the Garden of Gethsemane. Jesus prays, Not my will, but yours be done, namely the Father's will. Well, what is the Father's will? The Father's will is the salvation of the world. Through the death and resurrection of of His Son, our Lord, Jesus Christ. That is the Father's will. You see, in this scene, Jesus is left unto himself because he brought a few disciples with him. He said, stand here, do not fall in temptation. But we all know when he prayed this prayer, he prayed it alone, utterly exposed. Because his disciples lost heart and stopped praying. The thing is, though, Jesus, through this entire passion, never lost heart. And he prayed always, even to the very end. Because on the cross, 
Jesus ends his life with a prayer. From Psalm 31, verse 5, he raises his head and says, Into your hand, Lord, I commend my spirit. See, our Lord continued his prayerful ways because of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit continually speaking the word of our Lord. It is the Spirit that continually cries out day and night, Abba, Father. It's the Spirit who continually cries out day and night, Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And it's the same Holy Spirit that was given to you in your baptism. For our Lord lived by the Spirit, and that same Spirit lives in you So that is the spirit that cries out day and night for the kingdom of God to come and the will of the Father to be done, even in the midst of seemingly rejection. But our Lord finishes the parable with this question. Will the Son of Man, when he comes, find faith? Harsh words. Scary words. Will he find the faith that is formed by the Holy Spirit in Christ's word? Will he find the faith of our Lord who cries out in the midst of true sorrow and say, not my will, but yours be done? Will he find that faith? Well, this is the faith that the Holy Spirit speaks into our ear, speaking that word that says, in the midst of chaos, in the midst of suffering, in the midst of cancer treatments, In the midst of trial and tribulation, our Lord is still executing his justice. That justice that was carried out on the cross. That justice that is our salvation. As we cry out day and night for the Lord's will to be done on earth as it is in heaven, we might be tapping that microphone wondering if it is on. But that's when the Holy Spirit comes to us, reminds us, yes, it is on. The Lord hears you. Although things look rough right now, keep praying. Do not lose heart. Because you might die. You might follow our Lord in death. You might suffer. But know this, and this is what Stan, my friend, needed to hear. That even in death, our Lord is still executing his justice for our salvation. Because though you might die, know that the Father's will is for you to rise again. So will the Son of Man, when he comes again, find faith? Yes, he will, because he will raise it up. He'll raise you up on that day. Because all is finished in the story of Jesus Christ. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.